0: I'm talking about half rapid ass motherfuckers You think it's a game? You think it's a fucking game? Come on! Come on!
1: What do you think about this, Tom?
0: <laughs> it's getting me pumped up. I like it.
1: Yeah, it's, you're probably getting you pumped up to just crap come all up. over come this pay-per-view. <laughs>
0: I'm actually uh, looking forward to trying to play devil's advocate with myself.
1: you gonna play devil's advocate yeah, with
0: yourself. My my gut instinct is everything is about <laughs> this is terrible. But I've uh, in the planning for the podcast, I've tried to think of everything that I can say that's positive. Everything from the opposite side for the people who are looking forward to it because those people definitely exist <laughs> as evidence by of people been DMing me this week. <laughs> yeah,
1: dozens. <laughs> Just of like them.
0: Produce, there are dozens
1: um sunday puncher podcast thanks for listening thanks for um if you've subscribed thanks for subscribing if you're thinking about subscribing well you could subscribe now or you could wait to the end of the podcast and see if you like it i hope you do um if you're just coming across this and you're like hey there's a big fight this weekend i I should listen to a podcast getting me ready for it tom don't play devil's advocate to yourself be yourself okay be yourself and let (laughs) me put you in your place
0: pure unfiltered tom cody
1: Top Rank fans, I got your back this week. I'm gonna let this guy have it. This guy <laughs> has gone too long being critical of Top Rank. Someone needs to take him down. I'm here <laughs> for you. All right. Terence Crawford is going to fight Amir Khan on Pay-Per-View. ESPN Plus is it ESPN Pay-Per-View or ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View? There's I think it's ESPN Pay-Per-View. This is an important distinction already because the ESPN pay-per-view, that ecosystem means that it's available to the cable and sat- satellite operators, which means that the profits that they get, that top and ESPN get, is split between themselves and the cable and uh, satellite operators. So Spectrum, Time Warner, Charter, um, DirecTV, etc. And an ESPN plus pay-per-view is directly through ESPN's uh, um, online service. So that means that it's 100% coming in to the people who pay for these events. So that's an important distinction. The UFC pay-per-views are through ESPN plus pay-per-view. This regular ESPN uh, pay-per-view. So um, let's just tackle the biggest question, I think, going into this pay-per-view, which is what is the main appeal of the event? Like another way to say that is if you're going to pay to see this, if you're going to go watch it in person or you're going to order it on Saturday night at your house. Why? What are you excited about? Tom? <laughs> you
0: want me to take that first? I thought I was supposed to be in the role of shitting on it. So You can try but, that.
1: You can say you can just say no, I'm not going to do that and I'll I'll make the case.
0: Okay. So look, my answer is, is pretty similar either way. So I'll just say off the bat, I don't know if this surprise to anyone, I'm buying the pay-per-view. So um, yeah, but that's Crawford. not because
1: you want to. That's because you got the money.
0: <laughs> well, actually, that was going to be kind of the capper. And I don't even mean that as a flex. Just, But anyway, I'll, I'll, let me get into my jag here. So Crawford, number one or number two pound for pound. Um, I still, you know, juggle back and forth between Crawford and uh, Lomachenko. Um, he's got great. Uh, mainstream appeal building, you know, uh, Fighter of the Year, SP Award last year, NBC All Star Game, got some highly rated fights on ESPN. He's right on the cusp of where he should be popularity wise for a pay per view, and he's a guy I'm going to watch for every fight. So speaking in terms of me buying it, that's a big part of it. <laughs> Khan is a, a a name, air quotes. That's kind of specifically what he has going for him. Um, <laughs> in terms of Crawford opponents, I would say not super excited. He's definitely the biggest name that Crawford possibly could have gotten. He's now tied up at the PBC. Although that definitely, that that's a knock against it, and we'll definitely get more into that. I mean, he's below the level of who should be even an adequate Crawford opponent at this level, but okay. And on the undercard, we have top ranks, two top prospects and step-up fights. Not amazing fights, but two type of fights where that would have made a very good boxing after dark doubleheader back in the day. So for me, if this were on ESPN, I would totally watch it. And you know, I don't love that it's a pay-per-view, but you know, like I said, I I you know, this is where I was going to cap it off. It's like, to me, boxing is still a relatively cheap hobby. As much as we complain about you know, DAZN and all these streaming services, I I'm okay with it. I don't love that it's a pay-per-view, but I'm going to watch it and I'll you know, I'll uh, I'll take a hit on this one. I'll, I'll pay for a fight I don't necessarily want to pay for because, like I said, I I would totally watch it if it were on ESPN or HBO back in the day or something like that uh what about you what, Man, what do you think the elevator pitch is on this event
1: first of all it's not the nbc all-star game it's the nba all-star game
0: oh <laughs> did i say nbc well i'm Man, sorry what, yes
1: what, what do you, you gotta watch other <laughs> watch some espn tom
0: nbc what would that mean in terms of a sporting league i guess probably something with curling then if you've got a c in there anyway no, homie, uh,
1: that would be like the battle of the network stars nbc's <laughs> a tv network anyway here's the elevator pitch for this fight you have the best fighter on the planet in action this weekend, and you're going to be able to see him do what he does best, and that is take a guy who's coming in with a particularly distinct, high-level skill. Now, watch, what, watch how I said that, because I didn't say a particularly highly skilled fighter. I said a particular skill, meaning Amir Khan's good at one thing. And that's his speed. And what we're going to see is where that speed can trouble a lot of fighters, where that speed can have him in fights. In the history of Terrence Crawford's career, guys have come in with elite skills like that. And guys have also seen those skills disappear before their very eyes, where they question just how much they want to fight, where they question how good they actually are. And then Terrence Crawford beats the fight out of them and leaves them a bloody mess. And Crawford, um, we see the what Max calls that mean streak in him. We see that with Terrence Crawford. And I see this fight just like that. Amir Khan presents an interesting uh, challenge in that he's a bigger fighter. Terrence Crawford has fought a guy with speed, but that guy was smaller than him. Well, now we're going to see him fight a guy that's his size. Who's going to bring speed? How does Terrence Crawford deal with that? That is fascinating to see how Terrence Crawford can figure that out. Um, We've talked about Terrence Crawford um, being one of the brilliant fighters in the sport and his timing is impeccable. Well, what does that look like against Amir Khan? And yeah, I know that there's the whole thing of, well, Amir Khan's been beat before. Yeah, he's been beat before. But what does that matter? You hear all these people talking about <laughs> – what? you hear these people talking about losses shouldn't matter. People shouldn't be scared to get losses. We shouldn't stop caring about a fighter because they have a loss. Well, put your money where your mouth is and shut up about the mismatch.
0: <laughs> I think his brain cares that he's been knocked out. So That's not my times. problem. Even if you don't, I think from a watch Terrence Crawford, standpoint, those, those knockouts matter.
1: I'm here to watch Terrence Crawford. That's why. <laughs> okay. Now I will be at the Danny Garcia fight, so I'm not sure how I'm even gonna watch this fight. Like, can I can I order it after the fact that it already happened? Do I have to wait till they upload it? Like, do I have to just go online and stream it? I don't know. Um, but if they give me the 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 opportunity to like, hey, you can you can buy the replay, I'll definitely do that. Because um, I'm gonna order every pay per view. I'm going to subscribe to every streaming service. Because I get value out of it. I watch enough boxing that it pays for itself. Um, well, it technically doesn't pay for itself, but I get enough value that I feel like it's worth me paying the four ninety nine or the even the $70 that, um, that I watch. And I'm not even going to talk about the undercard. I don't care about the undercard. I do not care about undercards.
0: <laughs> well, I guess we'll ignore that part of the show notes.
1: No, no. I, I What I mean to yeah, say is— Yeah, you just
0: mean as the buying
1: proposition. Yeah, like as, as the selling point, the undercard. Who cares? Those guys are, are not worthy of fighting on pay-per-view they're not. I know that they're great prospects, but like they're not at the stage where I care enough to spend 70 bucks on them as, as undercards. I'd rather watch them on ESPN plus. Um, that's where they belong at this point, point. and that's no, no knock on them. It's just they're early in their development they're not They're not Floyd Mayweather, they're not Terence Crawford, they're not Lomachenko. but who cares? like I, they're the cherry on top of this cupcake that I'm happy to be getting. Um you have a counter to that or should we move on? Let's keep it moving. So let's go the other way. Why should you not wa- why should you not watch this or why shouldn't you want to buy this?
0: Um yeah, I mean the the well <laughs> we'll get to those notes in a bit. Uh that's anyway, um <laughs> um I again Crawford, I mean Khan is just so minimal relative to what we should want right now. I mean it's so cynical that they're recycling him. Again, I mean, people who have been following Reddit will know that I've been posting every one of his career knockdowns, and starting this That's week, I'm going to start posting his career knockouts, like a career <laughs> retrospective, um, just counting down all the times he's been knocked down and knocked out leave it, leading up to the fight, and it's <sighs> – I, you know, you just have to wonder, like, why, why is there still so much interest in this guy? I mean, when he got knocked out by Bradis Prescott, a lot of people said, oh, you know, this came out of nowhere. He was just caught cold. I mean, it's always, it's always swept under the rug. But, you know, when you actually, like, he was knocked down in two fights prior to that. He was badly hurt in the amateurs. Like, on that broadcast, they, you know, they were saying, you know, writing his eulogy, um, the Bradis Prescott, you know, I just watched that whole broadcast last week, They're like, well, he was knocked out at the U.K. domestic level by two guys who weren't high level. I don't know what anyone thought was going to happen when he fought a power puncher. And, you know, you've just seen that happen over and over again where then people said, well, the Bradis Prescott fight was the anomaly, you know, and then he gets knocked out by Danny Garcia. And then after the Danny Garcia fight, people said, oh, well, you know, he was – beating up danny garcia early and just got caught with a lucky punch if you actually watch that fight that's not true at all he was getting caught with clean punches overextending himself for the first few rounds of that fight before he finally got hit with a heavy clearly
1: what was like blitzing him but the second round you can just see that punch is coming a mile away
0: well yeah it's like khan would throw four punches yeah he was getting stuff in but then garcia would land the strong counterpunch because Khan would always throw, like, not one punch too many, like, three punches too many. You know, yeah, exactly as you said. I mean, it was just <laughs> – he kept overextending himself. And it's funny watching the broadcast because Jim Lampley's making the hard sell on how Khan is a phenom. And Max just keeps saying, you know, I, I, he's he's leaving his chin out there. You know, he's getting caught. Like, looks like Danny Garcia still has something in this fight. You know, and then when the knockdown came, it's like people feign surprise. But, you know, same thing happened with the Canelo fight. I mean, it's it's really – unbelievable and it's something i found this week is you know always know amir khan has fans but it's like it's so there are people who just you know he's their guy like we always talk about like some people are more fans of individual fighters than they're fans of the sport as a whole that's totally true of canelo that's true to some extent with lomachenko back in the day certainly true of guys like tyson where it's just people are fixated on that one guy for some reason i don't know what's wrong with these people for some people khan is that guy where he was there rode into the sport in the UK like fifteen years ago and they just can't let him go. And you know, I know he won a silver medal for England. He was a good amateur, but it's like it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Crawford is too smart. Uh this is not a worthy challenger. I mean he has again air quotes a name, but this does not make sense. Anyway, well, back to you.
1: I don't have a, a counter to or no um I don't have an answer to it um because bring the heat I, I will say that, from a promotional standpoint, I get what Top Rank is doing. And it makes all the sense in the world. And Luis Collazo was a name that was floated out there. And whatever you may feel about Luis Collazo as an opponent compared to Amir Khan, what Luis Collazo does not bring, and I would say the same thing if he was fighting Kel Brook. I would say the same thing if he was fighting Josh freaking Kelly or Sam Eggington, is that Top Rank sees the UK fighters as. Building blocks for their guys, and it's no secret that Lomachenko just fought Anthony Carolla. Terence Crawford is going to fight Amir Khan, and the I think the most likely opponent for Lomachenko's next fight is Luke Campbell. And the reason for that is because the the the, the wave of British boxing I think is starting to wane, and Bob is a brilliant promoter, and I think he sees that. He sees the tide turning, and he's like, I'm going to cash out on those guys. And whatever they got left, we're going to transfer it over to our guys. So we see Lomachenko get Krolla, maybe Campbell next, uh, and and Crawford, whatever's left of Amir Khan's name. I think from a promotional standpoint, it makes sense. I mean, that's not the question, but I'm more refuting the fact of Amir Khan as an opponent. Uh, On a technical level, you may be right. Um but I, I as far as the justification for why choose Crawford or, or why choose Khan, um it's there. You could make that argument. Now, is it the one fans want to hear? I don't know. You know? Uh most of most fans probably don't want to hear that. Because you know, promotion is you know, it's weird. Like everyone may side with promoters, but when you really get down to what these promoters are saying and doing you know, a lot of it's not does not line up with what fans actually want. You know, if you hear them talking behind closed doors, fans would not be happy with what promoter's saying, and you're seeing it in, in execution here, but it's a smart move. And if you could sell a pay per view on this, and we'll you know, that remains to be seen if they can actually sell it, um but if it's successful, good for them. Um why let me just
0: touch on that for a second. So I think um you touched on a really important part of this promotion that I had totally missed, which was the UK element. And you're definitely seeing that as part of the promotion. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the pro- other parts of the promotion later. But there is way more stuff online coming from BT uh, Sport in the UK than there is anything from ESPN or Top Rank from the US. Um, you know, um, what about Sky? why would there be Sky?
1: Well, because because Khan is actually signed to Matchroom, who has the deal with Sky and it would and while BT does have this weird sort of connection with ESPN um, you would think that sky would be the one who'd be like pushing this but neither of us is British so yeah there might I don't, be stuff we I, don't know. I
0: guess we're revealing a gap in our research but I don't think um, Khan has uh, a <laughs> I feel bad because Babs would know this one thousand um, uh, percent but he's, um,
1: he's, he's living in America now
0: I'm pretty sure that um, uh Khan is not on a full-time deal with Matchroom. I think it was on a fight-by-fight basis, which is how this fight was even able deal. to happen. Hmm. And I sort of wonder, maybe they just had right of first refusal where, like, they couldn't match the guarantee Top Rank offered. I, I, I don't know, so I'm really not going to speculate about that. But, um, yeah, Top Rank has the, the deal going with Frank Warren. So I think, you know, that's very likely a component of this, of how this came together, that there's probably a lot of UK pay-per-view money involved. Frank Warren could have been pushing for this. You know, they have this... the these things could fit together in some way um anyway I'm ready to move on
1: well yeah it's really interesting because if I think if you look at the the poster for the fight like matchroom is on the poster they're on they're they're on the bill for the fight so matchroom is involved <laughs> it's interesting to see like what network is gonna pick this up in the UK and it's kind of weird because we've recently been seeing with uh these fights um uh it's they, they're they announce who's the british broadcaster like really late and, and if i was british that would be really annoying to me that i don't know like it, this is pay-per-view this is why it's pay-per-view in the uk on bt sport i think maybe yeah i if just don't know so what, i don't want to answer i feel bad I, I didn't
0: on. research that part of it who's
1: going to order this or at we- 2 a.m
0: well that's always a question that's the thing it's like it's a part but even a big you know international pay-per-view like that is never going to match like you know the domestic you know which is always what complicates the wilder fury talk about you know you're sacrificing one territory for the other depending on where they do the fight anyway that that's much I have to say about that I I feel bad I didn't research this more and as I said I'm sure (laughs) Babs is somewhere you know even though he's not hearing us say this just you know chomping at the bit to jump in on this topic.
1: Well, Stu's going to be very mad at me. Um, how did we get here? Like, so Terrence Crawford comes off of his win over David Benavides, and it was explosive and it had the great promotion leading up where these guys actually don't like each other. We get the knockout finish. Crawford took a swing at the way in um, It did a huge number on ESPN. So Crawford is essentially at his peak. And... Amir Khan, having been knocked out by Canelo, wins. Is that a baby? Is yeah, it? Yeah, I'm trying.
0: To, I'm trying to juggle a lot of balls here. Don't juggle the balls. Sorry, that was a bad uh, bad metaphor to use while talking about holding a baby. But <laughs> yeah, we're good to go here.
1: Uh, so, so we have. That Khan. was a
0: cameo by Jermol, By the way, for anyone listening,
1: Tom named his son Jermol. Um,
0: <laughs> in kayfabe kayfabe his name is jermol uh
1: so d- you're exposing the business brother um <laughs> so khan gets knocked out by canelo he comes back and he knocks out philogreco one round and it's like wow Lamir khan and then he fights samuel vargas and it's like deja vu groundhog day khan got dropped <laughs> it was a tough fight he won the fight but it was a tough one well, yeah, and for context,
0: Samuel Vargas had been annihilated by Spence and knocked out impressively by Danny Garcia as well. I mean, both of them put on highlight reel performances. Meanwhile, Khan's getting knocked down, hurt multiple times. Yeah.
1: So now his next fight after that, when we seemingly believe that it would be Kell Brook in the long-awaited um, meeting between those two, which, you know, we've waited for a long time, um, instead he fights Terrence Crawford. So. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't get it. I, I mean, I made my selling job, and like, make no mistake, I'm. Gonna... Aren't, aren't I supposed to be the heel on this? Like, no, gonna, I'm saying, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sending, you, sending you up. You're, you're the like, one why? Who's
0: supposed To answer the question, you tell me what. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really. This is the most. I mean, the things I'm interested about this promotion are like the wrong things. You know, I'm not actually interested in who's going to win because I know Crawford is going to win by knockout. You know, I'm interested in this weird stuff. Like, why? Why is Top Rank? Like, why is the foot on the gas pedal? And I think there are a few answers to this. It's all speculation. Like, I'm not going to claim to know any of the behind the scenes stuff. But you know, you really have to wonder, like, how motivated were they first to get? Crawford on pay-per-view you know if there a lot of people suspect like uh, there was a lot made when Crawford re-signed with top rank and he was promised this three million dollar guarantee that top rank would basically be losing money on those fights until Crawford made it to the pay-per-view level uh, you know obviously we, we don't know all the details behind this scenes about ESPN's contract with them etc but it seems about right you know that sort of passes the smell test which is true of most fighters you know you, there's sort of this trajectory where they they're you know Uh, profile goes up, they start to demand and receive more money, and then it's up to the promoters to try to work that out. And sometimes, you know, it works out on the demand side with the public, like, you know, Errol Spence, Mikey Garcia, by all accounts, you know, that happened exactly right for both fighters. they had reached this level where they're about right to fight on pay-per-view. They have this clout, they're demanding more money, and the pay-per-view market was there to deliver it. On the other side, you have Andre Ward, who, you know, everyone who ever signed him lost money off of it. He made out like a bandit. Um, so you have you know top rank seemingly losing money. They're, they're motivated to get Crawford at the pay per view level, but they have no opponents. Every one of their you know Eastern European guys they're trying to bring up keeps underperforming, and you know really is not making themselves a worthwhile you know b side. So everyone else is tied up with the PBC. So what do they do? They try to you know parachute drop in Amir Khan. He's a, a quote a name. He was part of a pay per view with Amir Khan that did a few hundred thousand buys. Uh, he fought on a very high-profile slot on one of Floyd's undercards. You know, he's a high name ID in the boxing public, but, you know, the other parts don't really match up. So I, I'm really fascinated about this. I mean, one one last thing I'll say before I send it back to you. This is more of the conspiracy theory territory. I mean, you really have to wonder, like, what's what's kind of happening with Top Rank right now? Like, Lomachenko is, like, what, their number three draw? And he fought on ESPN Plus at midnight Eastern in front of around 10,000 people. All those things are fine. You know, he's not like a failure as a fighter or a failure as a draw, but it's like, what what is anchoring their company right now? You know, well, they don't have pay-per-view fighter. They don't have someone bringing in eight figures of revenue. You know, they have a lot of guys who are earning a license fee because they have a title and ESPN will pay some nominal amount of money for a title fight broadcast on their network or ESPN Plus, but what's driving the company? What's keeping pace with, you know, the juggernaut, what the PVC is doing with the massive amount of money that uh, DAZN is dropping? I mean, Top Rank is kind of getting left behind here. It seems like a little bit of cart before the horse where they decided they wanted to have a pay-per-view, even if all the ingredients don't really match up. Anyway, I know I said a million things, but uh, yeah, back to you.
1: Well, I I think when it comes to the pay-per-view, there's a couple of interesting things you said, but specifically with the pay-per-view, what this seems like to me is very similar to where Top Rank was at with Crawford originally before he re-signed with them. Um, So what happened was HBO's budget was dwindling and it was dropping and they could not afford to buy the fights that maybe at one point in time they could have. And so that put promoters like Top Rank in a really tough situation because it's like, okay, we have a contract with Terrence Crawford that he's going to make this amount of money, and we have to make that amount of money. But HBO, who is the network and provides that money, is unwilling to go that high. So what do we do? We are contractually obligated. We, don't, we have to fulfill that side of the contract. But at the same time, the, the, the one who makes that possible is HBO. So what do we do? And so, what the, the the conclusion that they came to is, well, we just go on pay per view, and while the event won't be successful in terms of like um, comparisons to other fighters, you know, if you compare Crawford's pay per view to uh, say a Mayweather or Canelo or something, sure, it wasn't paper, it wasn't successful in any sense. But if you go to pay per view, and even with the small amount of money, they can cover the costs, and they, they, the the loss isn't as much as if they had come out of pocket and just paid that money themselves, and then take whatever HBO offered, and they, they end up losing you know two to three million on, on a fight, where instead of losing two to three million, they maybe lost like five hundred thousand at the end of the day. And while it was a pay per view fight that didn't need to be on pay per view, it's one that helped them out. And, you know, people think that a failure of a pay-per-view means everyone loses, but not necessarily. There's still a lot of money to be made in pay-per-view, even when you don't do a lot of buys like the the Crawford stole one uh, did. They lost money. It didn't reach their break-even point, I'm guessing. But it didn't bankrupt them. Well, Top just to clarify here,
0: Bob Aramis actually said in interviews, I lost money on that fight. So that's not even speculation, but anyway, go on
1: now. He lost money, but compared to how much he could have lost if he had just put that fight on by himself and had to come out of pocket for that, um, I think is, is smaller. Um, still at the end of the day, nobody wants to lose money, but it's about minimizing losses. So I, I think that's a lot of what's going on here. Um, The other thing you mentioned about Lomachenko fighting on ESPN+, and the ticket sales were pretty decent for for a Friday night fight in LA, it it wasn't a sellout, it wasn't an amazing amount of people, but I think it's enough to be happy with if I'm top rank, assuming they didn't like paper the town or something, but I don't think they did that. Um, But I think we could look at it as like, here's the thing, you went in a different direction than I thought you were. I think what I thought you were going to do is you are going to say Lomachenko does not deserve that because... He's clearly a draw on pay-per-view or not on pay-per-view on TV. <laughs> there's no clear draws in pay-per-view right now, apart from Canelo. Um, but there's, he deserves better. You would think at least he deserves better. He should be on ESPN. He should be fighting at an appropriate time for people on the East coast to watch. Cause he can do a rating. But I think ESPN sees it as we really need ESPN plus to grow. We really need to build that base of subscribers so we too can raise prices. And while it's not happening because of boxing alone, boxing combined with UFC combined with whatever else they can get to put on the network uh, sets them up for success further down the road when they can eventually raise prices on a product that is you have to have, you know, DAZN's not like that at this point where they don't have as much good content um, consistently like the way ESPN could have given... You know, they have far more content that they can put on their network or streaming network, I guess we should call it. So I think that's why pay-per-view or not. I mean, no, no, sorry. That's why Lomachenko was in the situation he was. But I think as far as pay-per-view, I laid it out. Um, I, they might be in a similar position to where they were at with HBO. That doesn't make it right, by the way. I'm not saying that that's good or bad or anything. I'm just saying it's a possible place for you to stand when you look at why did they do this? Well, you know, if you're unhappy with it, that might be why. That may I'm not trying to convince you to order it or anything. I already did that, but possibly that's one place to look. I mean, do you have another argument for why um, this should be on pay-per-view as opposed to regular ESPN?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll answer the question by shitting on it, which is like the, the notion of any of these pay-per-views, why aren't they on regular TV? Why aren't, they, you know, uh, Spence um spence garcia why isn't this on fox fights like this aren't going to get made if they are on a main network because the amount of money that's demanded by the fighters is just too much i mean sometimes you get a rare exception like with showtime doing the brazil wilder but that's really more of the exception than the rule i mean uh it's on pay-per-view because <laughs> i think top rank started by wanting to have Crawford on pay-per-view and then they worked backwards from that to make the pieces work as I was kind of saying before I, I don't there's no this fight doesn't happen if it's on ESPN um to start with so it's really more like why didn't Crawford fight someone else on pay-per-view or on normal ESPN instead of, I mean it just you sort of go down a rabbit hole I don't know I mean do you have any other comment about that I mean is there any version of this where it would have ended up on mainline ESPN uh
1: if he was fighting Colazo, I think Part of why it's on pay-per-view is there's, it's, it's, this is a complicated question because there's so many different facets you can go down. But one road is like if you wanted to get a fight that for Terrence Crawford that builds on the Benavides fight and isn't seen as a step back, you had to bring in somebody with his name. But Amir Khan has options as a well to wait there are certainly there's no shortage of guys who want to fight Amir Khan now is it the best thing for their careers <laughs> yeah Crawford is, it is definitely the want? best
0: like risk versus reward right now for sure
1: and khan has also kelbrook in, in the in his back pocket the ace in the hole where he could always say i can make uh, uk pay-per-view money if i fight kelbrook and it will be successful so they looked at it like, we we're kind of in a tough spot because we have to make a fight like this, but we also have to compensate. You can't make this fight without properly compensating, and therefore, it put them in a tough spot where the only way that they can make this fight, I think, was to be on pay-per-view because if they put it on regular ESPN, I think this would have sucked up a huge amount of their budget, and their top Ring's having a good year this year, so you don't want to jeopardize that by putting this not on pay-per-view. I mean, I, I can't imagine that Fury's not commanding a lot of money. And if you do this not on pay-per-view, well, then you run the risk of not being able to sign Tyson Fury. I think a lot of dominoes fell with the signing of Fury, and one of them was that this for sure made it a lock, although I think this is already announced on pay-per-view at this point.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I think your timeline's a little off. but yeah. but I,
1: Well, I think then it still works, though, because... Uh, they they put this on pay-per-view, they signed Fury, and it's like, well, yeah, thank God we're doing that, because they don't sign Fury if this isn't on pay-per-view, unless ESPN themselves are like, the deal's actually with us and not with, with Top Rank. That could very well happen, but like, the way it's happening with Dazen, but I don't think that they did that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean... Look, you're not in business to break even. You're in business to hit a certain profit level. I mean, that's true of corporations. That's true of smaller businesses. That's also true of, you know, top rank existing within ESPN and ESPN+. UFC came in, made a huge splash. Uh, ESPN has made a huge commitment to them. Anytime anything's happening with ESPN, you are bombarded by it through all of ESPN's marketing channels top rank you have to hit you have to click like five times to even find their stuff on espn plus and from what we understand the main uh value of boxing to espn is the espn plus portion so that doesn't really say that much i mean i i, I see this fight as some extent of a, a, a you know fight for relevancy for top rank within boxing and within espn i mean they need to be able to move you know, earn their guy Crawford, a lot of money because otherwise it starts to be kind of an untenable situation if like if he could fight on uh, PBC against like five different guys and make eight figures, if he's gonna have to fight for his contract minimum on ESPN or ESPN Plus. I mean, it's kind of a necessity that they get him up to this pay-per-view level. And, you know, again within top rank, like ESPN, what what is the reason to even make a commitment to them? If they can't seriously move the, the needle, I mean, ESPN showed certain amount of commitment. They've given them these these you know slots uh, on linear ESPN. They've given them a certain amount of marketing push, certain amount of appearance on their panel show. Uh, excuse me, on their studio shows. Um, Crawford again saying, you know, got the ESPY last year. I mean, you know, they showed some amount of a commitment, but you know, again, if they can't really move the needle, if if you know their guy, their number one guy is just, is just going to sell 10,000 seats, do like a million, million and a half gate on his cards, bring in, you know, okay, two or three million viewers potentially, but is that really good enough? Does that replace boxing as part of their whole portfolio? If at the very top, they have this entire infrastructure just to support that one you know one guy, that one, one guy at that level. They, they need him to get him to pay-per-view and, you know, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I mean, I have more to say about this, which is positive, but that's the answer to that part of the question for me
1: it's it's pretty interesting like we always talk about defining success in boxing but like and then you brought up the ufc and all this stuff and you know we we have this notion as boxing fans that the ufc is the focus of top or of espn and ufc is doing good but like the gate last night at their pay-per-view was 1.9 million like if a boxing (laughs) the lomachenko gate if the box if a boxing pay-per-view did that like it would be like just shredded by boxing media 1.9. It's not much. That's a that's that's like a decent sized boxing show. Not on pay-per-view.
0: Well, it's a different. I mean, they have uh a you know, lower, I don't know, say lower ceiling, but I mean, it's like their mid-range is not super high, but their floor is at a good level. I mean, it could be a lot worse than that when you look at like Crawford Postal.
1: Well, you can for pay, instance. you can have and cheaper also, tickets and also just when you just to finish the fighters. thought, it's
0: like um top rank also or excuse me the UFC also has a product coming out every month on the month I mean it's a very from like a corporate standpoint I mean that's a very appealing thing even if you know um you know that means a lot more than we'll do it periodically when we have the right opponent you know twice a year for the right anyway uh we can move on I'm sort of getting in the weeds there
1: um let's what about Amir Khan in this fight like what's the most amount of success that you can see Amir Khan having in this fight <laughs> I mean he's well, look he's he's outgunned we all know that <laughs> but he's got speed. So like what amount of success can you see him having in this fight?
0: So look, I've gone full heel with this <laughs> promotion. You know, I said I I'm counting down Khan's knockout knockdowns and knockouts starting this week. Um, look, if I'm here to play that role, like, I'll go in on it. And that's look, Khan there's there's this sort of shit take that Khan has like is a pound for pound level fighter, but he's just got this fatal flaw. You know, his chin just isn't that good. And oh, if it weren't for that, he you know, he'd be pound for pound contender. And that really is just garbage. You know, that is not who Khan is. At his best, he is not that good. And his worst is a lot worse than just saying he has a bad chin. I mean he has very very poor defense. He leaves his chin hanging out. Even if he didn't have a bad chin, which he does, additionally, um, you know that's still bad for winning rounds and winning fights. <laughs> you know you can't go getting hit with flush power shots if you want to win decisions either. Um, Khan at his best is a very good fighter. He's been at the world level. For a full 10 years, that means a lot. I mean, you know, he's in a pretty small category of guys who have been fighting at that level for so long. So that does mean something. But who is Khan at his best? What's his best clean wins? Like, decision over Devin Alexander, decision over Luis Colazo. It's like, those are good wins. Like, you know, those guys have had um, given good, good given good fights and had good wins you know, over a lot of fighters over the course of their career. Like, that's not bad. But even then, you know, and then you look at his worst when he's getting knocked down at the UK domestic scene all over the place, getting knocked out when he steps over to higher level fighters. Um, You know, it's like, okay, even at his best, he's not going to be a match for Terrence Crawford, who's one or two, one, number one or number two pound for pound. I mean, that doesn't, the math doesn't add up there. I mean, you have to look at Crawford's very worst moments of his whole career to see Khan having any chance. But then it's like you play the game in reverse and you look at Khan even on an average day like his last fight in his last fight against Samuel Vargas. And it's like, well that version of Khan gets blown out no question. I mean you look at the Crawford who walked through Julius and Dongo. I mean, there's just no fight there. So look I see this as a violent knockout in Crawford's favor. I really don't see the opposite of that. I mean, it's Sound just like
1: Jim Lampley at, at the end of a man <laughs> on a, a, a Manny Pacquiao loss. <laughs> oh God, the of tears of anyway, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's an
0: emotional topic. You know, <laughs> I just really, really channeling the Lampley crocodile tears to talk about how much uh, Khan is going to get knocked out in this fight. But anyway, that's that's the story. Khan Um, at his best is pretty good, but it's not going to be good enough to beat Crawford. And Khan at his worst is going to get annihilated. And Khan at his average is going to
1: get annihilated.
0: That's just how I see it. What about you? The version
1: of the story is wrong. I don't see it going that way. And I think there is a path to success for Khan. Now, success is not defined as a victory. There will be no victory for Amir Khan at all. It is not happening. Victory will be Terrence Crawford. No doubt about that. We ain't going to sit here and 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 make no qualms about that. But here's the path to success. That is put a little chink in the armor with Crawford. See, if Amir Khan can expose something in Terrence Crawford, maybe something that's been rearing its head but hasn't been fully fleshed out, that's the win. Because now... You've shifted the conversation from Spence versus Crawford, 50-50 fight, to, yeah, Crawford has a weakness and Spence is going to beat him. And that may or may not increase the amount of anticipation that there is for a potential fight between Spence and Crawford. And I think that there's there's a path to that. I think one of the things that people just, for whatever reason disregard and you can't is that in two fights when Crawford has fought tall fighters he struggled now he figures it out but it's not the same Crawford that we always see we've seen guys have success against Crawford by being rangy and Crawford is a little hesitant to pull into range and that's a testament to how good he is that he's unwilling to do that But it comes also at the expense of, he gets hit with jabs. And if Amir Khan can fight tall and land a jab and without exposing himself to some counter, Amir Khan will have a victory in that people will say Khan gave him some trouble. Sure, Amir Khan has a weak chin and Crawford found it. But we expected that. But we didn't expect Khan to win this battle, whether it be the jab or the range battle, whatever you want to call it. That's the path to success for Amir Khan, and I can see that happening if if Crawford fights the way he did against Benavides. And like, let's be real here, that fight with Benavides was closer than anyone expected. Now, was it a wipeout in terms of like Crawford won just about every round? Yeah, but you didn't walk away from that and think, oh, Crawford is unhittable because he wasn't. He got hit. Now, didn't get hit with anything big, and you can make the argument that those shots that he was getting hit with, it was deliberate and Crawford was willing to take those in order to give what he gave back. But at some point, if you try that and maybe he tried that or he knew that there was no risk there, but there's going to be trouble if if you fall into that. And if Amir Khan can do that, I think that really hurts Crawford's ability going forward to be on pay-per- view and in turn to um, have leverage in a fight with Spence. I think that's really the 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 only path to success for Khan because as everything you said is right. Everything you said is right. But I think it's more I guess the, the path to success is that Crawford Um struggles with something. And not that Khan is so much better, because that's just Khan being Khan. Um I don't see Khan deliberately coming in with a game plan that actually can exploit something in Terrence Crawford. Um so do you think like there? There are multiple ways that this fight can go, but essentially, there's two ways that Crawford wins: knockout or decision. Either way, do you think this elevates Terence Crawford? Um,
0: yeah, and part of that gets into my <laughs> my prediction. I mean, I see it as a, uh, a a dominant win, a knockout win in Crawford's favor. That's always good. I mean, as much as fanboys, um, you know, might might gristle and you know. uh, clench their fists when they say, oh, but, you know, Khan was a 10-to-1 underdog, which which he is, by the way. I think I don't remember if I mentioned that already. Khan's about a 10-to-1 underdog. Um, Yeah. Uh, As much as they might get upset and say, you know, he was a huge underdog coming in, Krolla was an even much bigger underdog against Lomachenko this weekend, and fanboys are still wetting themselves all over the boxing internet about his knockout. You know, I I think Crawford is going to come away with a knockout win. I think – You know, there's still some more we have to talk about the pay-per-view financials, but I think ultimately this will be some version of a success for ESPN. You know, it's very arguable what that means, but some version of a success, and you know, I think Crawford will be better off for the whole experience. What about
1: you? Um, it's tough. You know, It, it, it if Crawford wins a decision, I think a lot of people, and look, Crawford has. a a fair amount of haters when we ask if you poll boxing fans to see who do you like more crawford or spence and really that's all that's like that's the conversation now it's just crawford and spence and if you if you um poll fans it's pretty split it's about 50 50 and so there's clearly a subset of fans that don't like terrence crawford and if you don't well then you're nuts but i i get it you're entitled to not liking crawford but i just want you to know you're nuts and um and so there will be just as vocal of a group of people out there who are gonna try to undermine a knockout win from Terence Crawford as there will be people putting it over. And I think there's more juice to the argument that you shouldn't take much from a knockout win, no matter how impressive it is, um, unless he like you know knocks Amir Khan like lifts him off his feet and he flies out of the ring. Um, you know, Canelo very likely will have done it better. I mean, is there a a, a I don't see that knockout for Terrence Crawford. He's not that kind of puncher and won't carry that kind of um, weight advantage. Um, and a decision win isn't going to be good for him because of that vocal group. And it, I mean, yeah, it's boxing, but this, it's also much louder when you get to the point in your career that Terrence Crawford is at, which is at a high level of success where a lot of people are paying attention. And so I don't know that it elevates him. Um but there's certainly an expectation that Terrence Crawford is going to be dominant. And I think that's why I think uh, Khan's success will be defined by if he can get a jab going or land some punches. Because I think people will just talk about after the fight, Terrence Crawford was vulnerable. He got hit by Khan, which would be, you know, I think unfair. But at the same time, you can say what you want. And it would be technically true. Um, I, I think we've addressed this enough. So I want to talk about this one because I think it's a good question.
0: Here, just, just to go back the, the last little bit, I mean, I think, sort of, sum up what you're saying a little bit. There's like a, a high bar that Crawford needs to hit, and there's definitely an embarrassment factor in the fight for him if he doesn't reach that level. I mean, like, that's something we had talked about a lot with Spence Garcia, where it's like it, there are a lot of ways that Spence could look bad and come off, you know, uh, with like a diminished profile. I you know I see what you're saying here as well you know Crawford we've seen lose exchanges like there are plenty of gifts from the Benavidez fight from the um, uh, God oh my God not rigging uh, Cuban from the Gamboa fight jeez I had a stroke there um, you know lots of moments there could that happen yeah it could there is an embarrassment factor i think at the end of the day just i have such a str- I so strongly predict that crawford is going to win by knockout i just sort of i i just don't even entertain that as much you know as much as that was a topic of conversation for spence garcia i just don't see it um you know one other big thing about the topic of elevating which directly i think gets into the next topic is you know spence garcia had a huge amount of promotion the promotion took place over a few months you say regardless of what happens you know those guys, you know, going into it, you say they were elevated a lot by that promotion. This starkly different. Um, which, you know, really says how much is how much of a boost is Crawford even gonna get if people don't even really know the fight happened? And you know, I don't mean hardcore boxing fans, but I mean in a mainstream sense. So anyway, we can we can get to that. So do you want to kick off the next topic?
1: Yeah. So I mean the marketing build has been pretty different for CrawfordCon than the Spence Garcia. And they're they're appropriate to compare because you have, I mean, Crawford and Khan have both been on pay per view before, but neither guy has like Crawford's pay per view with Pulsol wasn't successful by any stretch of the imagination, uh. At least when you're comparing relative to other boxing events, um, and then and I
0: think it had low expectations going in. I don't it think it did, people did but and that and it's still underperformed. Pay-per-view. That's true.
1: And then Khan's been on pay-per-view one time against Canelo. And that was pretty successful. And then you had Spence and Garcia, two guys who had never been on pay-per-view before. And we have major networks behind them, which if you asked us five years ago, you know, what could a pay-per-view do if ESPN or Fox, CBS, one of these guys got behind it? Well, five years ago, we probably would have been like, oh, that would be nuts. It would be... Like, unbelievable. And now we've actually seen it. And I think a lot of the success Spence Garcia had on pay-per-view was Fox, I believe, when they signed the PBC deal, the moment they negotiated it, they negotiated it. Um, They set that as their milestone. And they tooled everything from there. They knew where they wanted to get to. And they said, now, how do we get to here? How do we get to this event and have it be successful? We They, they called their shot. This is what I believe happened. They called their shot Say we want to put it in Cowboy Stadium. We want this to be a big event. We want to sell a lot of tickets and do a lot of pay-per-view buys. How do we build? And if you look backwards, it's probably what they did because all the cards leading up to it, the ancillary programming um, that, that supplemented the, the event. And it showed in the cohesiveness of the promotion the way all the guys on the card were on various other Fox um, programs, whether it be local stuff or national uh, Fox FS1 programs, including Fox regular programs, um, they really put a lot into this, and they got whatever they got. You know, it was a pretty successful pay per view, but it certainly wasn't a million buys. But it was, I think, it was pretty successful, and and I think Fox has said as much that they were happy with what they've done, and. This one, on the other hand, feels like they just thought of it. And they said, okay, well, we'll do this three months from now, four months from now. And that's a lot different in, in the way that they planned it and build, built it out. Um, it, it feels a lot more rushed. And and the problem is that while Fox only has a few sports that they, that they cater to, um, ESPN is the worldwide leader in sports. So there's a lot of competition just on their own network. And so... You know they're trying to promote the NBA right now. It's the NBA playoffs. They got the start of baseball season. They are going to have a lot of talk about the Masters this week because Tiger Woods won the Masters. That is going to take over ESPN for a few days. You have ESPN who just uh, sorry not ESPN the UFC who just did a pay per view, and that hurts this. It hurts it because where. Spence and Garcia had months and months for Fox to prepare, and they had nothing going on. They used the they used the NFL playoffs as leverage to promote. Um, they don't have that. They're not doing this with Crawford and Khan, and well, they might be, but it's not to, like it's not what they're doing with the UFC. It's not, and so that is going to hurt this, I think. And you know, it's it's kind of like Crawford Khan was on the fly, and Spence Garcia was a planned pay-per-view event and i see it happening right now i think pbc's june pay-per-view between pacquiao and thurman which hasn't been announced but i'm pretty sure it is if you look at the, the the um the schedule it's starting to line up for it just letting you know so you know the difference is espn's got a lot going on and then fox has are taking a more specialized um view of of things um what do you think have you have you watched actually um the the crawford con 24-7 24-7 thing they did i know it's not okay 24/7. So that was
0: my first question did they though i've seen they had some stuff on like bt sport which is almost more like a pay-per-view pre-show like the thing they show for like yeah. the hour before pay-per-view comes on yeah. but do they actually have a full 24-7 show they do is it on espn or bt's youtube channel no it's espn i mean
1: oh, it might no. be on both okay. but it's on ESPN.
0: Okay, can you watch it on ESPN Plus or how do I? If it's good for the listeners. You can't watch it on ESPN
1: Plus. It would be very, very bad. I would be very mad if you couldn't. Well, ESPN I, Plus works, and it's so like you can't just search
0: like Crawford and get. Crawford fights you know it's like it doesn't it's not really set up
1: great you know well same thing could be said with Dazen like I I, I think I said this on the podcast like I got an email that said watch all the Canelo fights on Dazen so I'll like, say okay so I load up Dazen I search Canelo it says no search results found and I'm like what are you guys doing
0: okay so if you go to ESPN plus they have a vertical for Crawford Com. cool the only thing in that is the placeholder for their press conference on Wednesday. Okay. That's they don't a- have any preview shows.
1: Um are you sure What if you Well, look, here's the problem is like we have to figure it out. Right? Anyway,
0: yeah, yeah, this is probably bad podcast content. No, this is but, probably
1: good. I think people want to like, you know, there's certainly people out there that don't subscribe to ESPN Plus.
0: Well, okay, so anyway, it, it um, – what's the right way of saying this? It's like this This confusion demonstrates our point though, right? I mean you compare this to Spence Garcia. They had uh, many, many, many hours. I think they had four separate uh, – like a training camp series, which is the equivalent of like the 24-7. They did a, a face-to-face. They did um, the countdown show, which is like what they do for their normal Fox broadcast. So they had in total about five hours of content. And they played it over and over and over again on FS1 and FS2, and all of the first-run airings aired on Fox you know, network broadcasts. So you'd think like night and day difference in the commitment there, right? I mean, you, even the specifics aside of what I may or may not be able to find on the ESPN app page. Um, but, yeah, it's so confusing. I mean, um, like Max Kellerman said kind of – I think it was Max. Someone said kind of cryptically on the broadcast, like, you know, uh, it's been a slow build, but it's going to be wall-to-wall coverage this week for the pay-per-view. But it's like, is that going to be, you know, is there a grand plan? I mean, Top Rank has shown to have, like, a pretty savvy media strategy, pretty savvy, like, digital marketing strategy since they launched the ESPN uh, Plus deal, um, or ESPN deal in general. Like, speaking of being, it being on ESPN Plus, like, I don't know if there's, like, some method of the madness where they just want to save everything for the final week that that's, like, that's what their data shows, I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like there really isn't that big of a commitment to the fight. I mean, we've definitely seen I think this is just a case of the most obvious thing is what's happening, which is ESPN really is not committing too much to this fight. I mean, I think we'll probably see them on what what's that phrase you use, the car wash. Yeah, um that the we'll car wash. see, you know, we'll see appearances in all their shows, but you know, there's a limited amount you do during fight week. Like fighters are trying to make weight. It's not like they can fly them out to Bristol. Like, I mean, you know well, I guess the fight's in New York, so... Um,
1: okay, this is annoying. So I, I went to the ESPN Plus website. I typed in Crawford. Yeah. So I did, you know, you do get some 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 stuff. You get live and upcoming. There's 28 things. If you click show more, there's 28 things that have Crawford, which is the countdown to Crawford Con. But this is all live and upcoming.
0: Oh, okay, that's a different thing than a different page than So Amazon.
1: that's... But, I, but on ESPN Plus, you're right. They only have that. So I, I searched it. And so this is the live and upcoming. And the only things that they have on ESPN Plus is like the weigh-in and the official press conference stuff. Um, but it, here they have a bunch of stuff that's... They have a fantastic fights, Crawford versus Gamboa, that you can watch. That's on ESPN Plus. Um, but yeah, not good. Not good. And, and so I hope they do the car wash um, because I do want them to be successful. Um, I, I know, I guess, it's actually, as a fan, it's kind of like in direct opposition to my interest as a fan of like trying to spend as little money as possible watching boxing. But I think that's a backwards way to look at it um, in terms of success for the pay-per-view. Like how do you uh, let
0: me just just touch on one other thing like you know part of this like Spence Garcia benefited from like you know an embarrassment of wealth in terms of the promotion. I mean that's really unprecedented. I mean for a network to dedicate that much time to promoting it um, you know that was above and beyond. But I think even by the standards of a normal pay-per-view I don't know. I don't know if it's really that that bad like if you think of even like canelo golovkin i mean they definitely would have like more preview specials like we really haven't seen that for this um you know i don't know i mean it's it's good i mean that they're getting i'm sure like a few years ago anyone at at hbo would have loved to get you know the, the amount of espn coverage in terms of even just the car wash that this will get i mean if you talk about like a ward kovalev fight or something it will you know at least the amount of. ESPN, just mainstream coverage it will get, is going to be like more than that. But um, I don't know. There's one other thing I want to touch on very, very quickly before I pass it back to you. This is kind of like a nerdy thing, but I think people who listen to our podcast might be interested in this. You know, so I had a thought recently about, you know, very, very specific thing. Like, so um, Top Rank has done a fair amount of preview coverage for the fight, and they've put it on their boxing podcast, or broadcast, which is interesting. Their boxing broadcasts, Difference between the PBC boxing broadcasts and ESPN Broadcast, There's a lot more filler content on the ESPN broadcast, and I, I, that might sound derogatory, but I just mean they have a lot of you know previews for upcoming shows. A lot of the stuff that would appear on like the Inside PBC boxing show on FS1, they do on their broadcast. You know, they'll have on a pretty yeah. heavy crew. They have on you know Ward and Timothy Bradley, Kriegel, Max Kellerman. Like they have a lot of people on the broadcast, and they do kind of almost a panel show within their broadcasts which yeah. is an interesting approach because you know you're targeting if you want to sell pay-per-views you think the first thing you're going to try to convert is the people who watch those broadcasts right so who better to see um a crawford con promo than the you know million or so people or i don't know it's, there's a wide range but you know the the few hundred thousand to a few million people who watch the espn boxing broadcast like so yeah. that makes sense so that's a different approach because The Fox broadcasts get reasonable ratings for these, like, you know, inside BBC Boxing. And, you know, it's like they're good for what they are. But, you know, more eyeballs are probably seeing those previews on the, you know, boxing broadcast. At the same time, though, you're not doing anything to reach a wider mainstream audience. You know, you're only speaking to the choir. Maybe that's good enough. I mean, maybe, you know, if they had you know, three million people watching or whatever Crawford's high number was two something million. You know, if all those people bought this pay-per-view suddenly you're talking about, you know, Mayweather numbers. So maybe that those are the people you're trying to convert. I, I just, I found that very interesting. It's a very, each has a very different deliberate strategy. I mean, the PBC kind of fine tune their approach over the course of like their time by, and what you see now is really a lot more of like leaner broadcasts where they really try to get the fights in. They do swing bouts, top rank. It's usually they keep limited number of fights, usually don't do swing bouts and we'll have sometimes a l- just a lot like as much as like well, an had a hour a lot
1: of, of time you know. yeah be- between the fights now I understand if there's a knockout you and, and with the Krola fight um, they couldn't go live until a certain point and we saw this with the Canelo Golovkin fight where they stalled for an hour and a half because the international feeds don't like international you have obligations internationally and those broadcasts don't start till a certain time so you can't just start the fight before all the cameras are rolling you got to wait till you know everyone's rolling live and yeah that's true the um it, it, to essentially uh boil down what you're saying there's the the, the philosophy of either a, a specific focused target of people who are already likely to purchase versus a wide net trying to capture as many people uh it, it amongst millions that might buy and you know it's i i'm, I'm sure the conversion rate is higher <clears throat> um uh, uh, with top rank but with the larger uh model that pbc seems to be going with it may even out so we'll, we'll see i mean actually i don't know will they release the numbers for this who knows um but oh. assuming that they <laughs> yeah, do i
0: mean well, <laughs> i think there's going to be a lot of information warfare after this uh with people you know because there's like, I mean, do do you want to finish your thought?
1: Well, I'll, I'll say this: the ESPN gets covered by the sports media world, and not just boxing writers. So, I actually think that there's a good chance that we will find out some information about this that we wouldn't usually find out um, if it was just Bob Arum left to his own devices. Um, well, but-
0: so there are two. Sorry, just uh, unless it's just about the pay per view numbers very specifically. So, you know, with like UFC, we don't really get good numbers right and then as the separate thing it's not all internal because a lot of these indicators when you have like just you know randos on twitter claiming to know what the pay-per-view predictions are a lot of that stuff comes from i mean they're not really random people but you know there's like guys like rick laser who always throw out numbers i mean i feel bad even using his name but who have contacts at like cable and satellite providers because you can start to get indicators of like if you know uh the early numbers are this from this broadcaster on the their pay-per-view buys, you can compare that to past events and say, okay, that's pretty representative of X number of total buys. I mean, that's usually – when the initial pay-per-view numbers come out, that's the type of stuff people are talking about, which is why it's always framed in terms of like already projected to at least this number but will probably reach this number. Like Spence Garcia was said to be like over 300 will probably be upwards of like 375. You know, it's like um, – so – this won't be totally hidden which is why i said the information warfare thing you know we live in an era of divided media and that's definitely true in boxing as well you know i would not be surprised if there are you know we know who these people are the sort of shitheel uh, boxing writers who are in top ranks pocket you know someone's going to throw out, i heard it could have done as much as 450 that's not even a lie because as much as means you know that's a high number or something like that um, I think numbers are going to be all over the place, and I think we're definitely going to see numbers. I mean there's just such a high um, – I don't know what to say. Like the stakes are so high to hit over 300 or in the realm of the PBC pay-per-view buy numbers from a public perception standpoint. I mean 200 pay-per-view buys is probably around the break-even number for where people involved in the promotion are getting paid. I mean that's kind of hard to say, but that's probably around the break-even number financially. But just from a perception standpoint, I can just see so much fuckery happening. Anyway, do you have anything more to say about that or to move on?
1: No, I mean, with the pay-per-view buys, it remains to be seen if we'll actually see what they actually are. Um, It's just a weird era that we're in in pay-per-view and defining success. We're still not past the one million mark means you're successful. Um, People are caught on that, and it's just not necessarily true. So hopefully people realize that realistically probably three to four hundred thousand dollars or not thousand dollars three to four hundred thousand buys is actually more of a realistic um success number until you have a crossover star but for these guys that aren't crossover stars like a terrence crawford um if he hit that number it'd be a, a big win just as it was for for spence and wilder and fury so um uh let's get into um the undercard i'm excited about this undercard despite um saying earlier that i don't care i mean like i don't care in terms of like this isn't gonna make me not buy or is it gonna be like ooh, I-, I gotta buy this now um we get to see shakur stevenson return he's fighting christopher diaz now the opponent is irrelevant to me i always want to see shakur stevenson fight but like judging his opponent do you think it's a good fight for stevenson here's my question
0: when was the first time you ever heard of Christopher Diaz? Like I, I was actually sort of surprised when I checked his box rec that he, mm, you know, had been like, like three years ago. on top, rank undercards, like forever. The first time I heard about him was when the, the Edo fight happened. Um, I was like, who's this guy and why is he fighting for a vacant title? And then it's like, <laughs> Oh, he lost. And I didn't know who Ito was either. You know, it was just one of those weird, like things that I happened. In the w- o- yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so it's kind of a weird, like, I really don't know how good he is. I mean, kind of trying to do the best research I can on boxing. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, Shigeru Stevenson had a very good amateur background. He filled the slot. When you look at, like, the best American amateur in any given Olympic cycle, like Roy Jones in 1988, Oscar De La Hoya in 1992, Floyd Mayweather in 1996, Andre Ward 2004, Um, Errol Spence 2012 you know he was that guy for 2016 I mean there's there's sort of a high bar of you know the guy who's the man in the American amateur system in terms of how their pro success will shake out now I'm not just saying that as being an American centric guy but it's like most guys some European countries they train just for the amateurs you don't necessarily have a high expectation for their pro career because they haven't trained that way since they were a kid American system Fighters are usually training primarily with the pros in mind, and then also do amateur boxing on the side. So if someone's a good amateur boxing, usually bodes well for their professional success. Stevenson is that guy. I was a little bit uh, bearish on him coming out of the Olympics. I, I, you know, I felt like his style might not be good for the pros. He hurt his hands early on. Didn't seem to have that much power. Uh, but in his last few fights, he's really seemed to put it together. And when you talk about again, he's got, you know, the standing he had going into the Olympics. The way he's looked in his last few fights, it looks like he's putting the pieces together. I'm really excited about where his career is. I mean, I don't know how good Christopher Diaz is. Um, Bob Byram said in an interview that it was more Stevenson's management that wanted the fight than Top Rank. That Top Rank felt like this was a little bit too much for him at this stage, which is interesting because on paper it kind of seems that way. Um, You know, Stevenson is a few fights away from not looking very good. So I'm really interested. You know, Stevenson has the the powerful management with James Prince, which is unusual within top rank, usually top rank, you know, sort of acts as the de facto manager for their fighters, really kind of pulling the strings. Um, It's, it's interesting that, uh, James Prince seems to have kind of, uh, forced the issue on this fight. I'm really interested to see how this, you know, this is definitely a step up. We don't know how good Christopher Diaz is. It doesn't really mean that much to me that he fought for a title fight, you know, in a fight that he lost. Like, great, you say he's a former title challenger, but you know, okay, even if you want to consider him kind of a prospect that didn't pan out that much, that's still a good opponent for Stevenson. So, um, you know, and he went the distance in that fight that he lost. So I'm looking forward to that one. Any more thoughts about Stevenson or about what I said?
1: Um, I I just think that this is a pretty decent fight for for Stevenson at this point. Christopher Diaz, while undefeated, goes into that Masayuki Ido fight and loses. Um, You know, Diaz was just an okay prospect. You know, you can promote guys into a title shot, but you... It's another th- like you got to be a different level of good to actually win at that point, and that's just not where Diaz is. I mean, Top Rank has had tons of guys like this. Um, most notably, I think Ivan Nahera is one of their guys. Um, who, when they realized they had nothing with them, they just fed him to Felix uh, uh, Felix Verdejo, who's also on the card. Um, but you know, it happens. Um, Jose Felix uh, is another guy. Top Rank they, they know it's, a, it's a numbers game and they have a lot of guys like Diaz who they bring in and they're bound to hit on one of them. And they, and they always do since they've been around for a long time, they know what they're doing. Um, so I think this is a good fight for Stevenson. It's the right fight for him at this point in his career. They do want him to get, get into title contention sooner rather than later. And beating a guy like Diaz is a step in the right direction. Also on the undercard, Teofimo Lopez versus Edis Tatil. Um, at one point in time, Tatio was a pretty decent fighter. Um, not like great European level fighter probably, you know. He's never he was never gonna beat a top guy, he was never gonna win a world title, but you probably could have hung in there. Um he's obviously at a advanced part of his career, and um, you know, his best days are behind him. And you, notable, noted Teofimo Lopez hater. <laughs> So I wonder how you might feel about this. Yeah, I always
0: get frustrated by the Teofimo Lopez conversations because I think he's a very good prospect, but I think some people have absolutely lost their mind in kind of overrating his standing based on what he's done already. Um, yeah, I think he's a very good prospect. I think as far as fighters his age, I think you know most people would say he's the best prospect in boxing. You know, you have a few guys who are very young. Who are slightly older than him, like David Benavidez and Travante Davis, who have already broken through to the title level, so they're no longer prospects. So it's it's a little bit of like you know you're you're you're, you're sort of narrowly defining his standing to say that. But as far as anyone who's twenty one and, <laughs> and twenty one and younger specifically, okay, he's probably the top air quotes prospect because he hasn't won a title yet. Um, tattle doesn't mean that much to me. You know, he's definitely not. A threat from a punching standpoint so from you know when you're talking about a prospect it's not really a super high risk fight i think Lopez as much as i say i'm not ready to call him a future pound for pound great um you know again and, and that's the frustration that people are so hyperbolic in some circles about you know just based on what he's done so far i don't think he's there yet but again it's like this is in every way a step up a step forward um a lot of the guys that Lopez has been scoring these good knockouts against have been knocked out multiple times against not very good opposition i mean that was specifically true of Diego magdaleno who he knocked out in his last fight had been knocked out before by not great opposition um tattle hasn't been stopped before he's lost they're both close losses against like not really that bad of opponents you know again it's like tattle is not a future world title holder but he's a guy and you know lopez is 21 i want to see what happens in this fight um I think this is set up to be a fight where Lopez really isn't in too much danger in terms of Tattle's offense, um, and he should be able to break him down and get the stoppage. If you know that that will be the, the hurdle of success for him to cross, and even if he doesn't, it's not really the end of the world if he goes the distance. You know, it's not like Teofimo Lopez has uh, you know knocked out all of his opponents. So yeah, I, I think it's probably good enough on paper. Admittedly, I don't know a super about Tattle, but it's it's like I said, it's like this would be a good boxing after dark. You have a good prospect, and you have a step forward in in terms of his level of opposition.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I I, I do think, though, that Teofimo Lopez is being set up to fail. And what I mean by that is there's just a lot of hype around him. You and I both know that. And I joke about Lopez a lot. And I think realistically, he is maybe the best prospect in boxing. But at the same time, um, just because you're the best prospect in boxing doesn't mean it's smooth sailing the whole way doesn't mean that you're going to continue to improve on your performances. As the opposition increases, um, there will be moments of of struggle. And Lopez has kind of positioned himself as kind of like a little bit of a heel. And so it might be tough for him if he even goes to a decision. Because when you create the expectation of knockouts, that's really one of the toughest things you can do in your career is to create the expectation that you knock everyone out. Because when you don't, everyone loses their minds. And um, what I'm looking for here is for Lopez to look mature. That's it. He just has to look mature. We want... I, I want to see him look like a guy who's ready to fight for a world title. Now, that doesn't mean he needs to, but start looking like that. Like a guy who's not overextending. Like a guy who's not pushing. But like a guy who's not trying too hard to force something. That, the guy that looks... That, that can organically let things come to him. Um, when we see that sort of uh, maturation from Lopez, um, that would be good. And I think this is the fight for it. Because um, he's close enough for a world title fight, I think, at this point. Um, well... Again, not in his next fight, but he's like, he's in the vicinity of it. I think he's closer than than Shakur Stevenson, and certainly closer than Felix Verdejo. Oh God! Well, one last thing about Lopez.
0: Um, you know, they're talking about Richard. Like, th- there's so many different things being thrown out about Lopez, which is again why I get frustrated. Like, there are a not insignificant amount of people who want to see him fight Lomachenko and say they would pick him over Lomachenko. I'm just like, you know, uh. There's so many you know, people saying he's going to fight Richard Comey this year. Look, look, I mean, he's a very good prospect. If he's as good as he says, like, that's great. You know, it's like Gervonta Davis fought, um, Pedraza knocked him out. Like, he showed that he was as good as it looked like he could be when he got that chance, you know. Uh, Richard Comey is not a pound-for-pound level guy. That's not crazy that he would take that fight. So, I mean, if he can beat Tattle, look impressive. Like you said, it's a good opponent where he could... Like, think of, like, Errol Spence. Like, he kept passing every test at the level he was supposed to to look like a superstar. Like, Leonard Bundu was old, but, like, he had done pretty well against Keith Thurman not too long before he fought Spence. Spence just blows him out, you know, just sends him to the shadow realm. You know, it's like... uh, Lopez looks like a very good fighter. I mean, he's someone to be excited about, which is why I get frustrated where I'm like, I sort of feel like I have to be the one pumping the brakes. It's like some people are going nuts, but it's like if he's as good as he could be, that's great. That's exciting for boxing. It's definitely great for top rank. You know, they, they really need stars. Like they're, they've got a great promotional engine, but they need a few more fighters who are at a little bit of a higher level than they have right now.
1: <laughs> are we really going to talk about Verdejo now? Not really. Verdejo's back. I mean... I'll say this. Okay, I have one take about him. He's fighting Brian Vasquez. Vasquez isn't good. Vasquez is the one who upset um, one of top-ranked fighters, uh, like who I talked about, Jose Lopez, um, way back when. Um, Might have been on the Bradley Marquez undercard. I don't know. Um, Vasquez just basically showed, like, I'm a a veteran. You're a prospect, and you suck. So, um, but I'm on Twitter, right? And I'm looking... And I see all this stuff about Verdejo making a comeback. And, like, if where we last left off on the Felix Verdejo story is he went from being one of the top prospects in boxing with a, a scorching highlight reel to. Who are you talking about? Felix Verdejo. Yeah, yeah, okay. To basically being, we saw what he was a headhunting guy with speed, sure, but not as much power as he thinks. And when a guy with speed and head hunts fights guys who are you know just have a pulse that aren't that 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 are pretty decent, you struggle because they can defend themselves and they can take that away. And Verdejo wound up getting stopped after looking pretty pedestrian for like several fights in a row. So he makes some changes and he takes some time off, and now he's coming back. And I I pose the question as. Do we think he's corrected the flaws in his game? and I'll answer it. There's flaws there. Do we think he's fixed them? And I think looking at what I've seen on Twitter, absolutely not. He may win this fight, sure, but he hasn't fixed the flaws. The flaws that or the flaw that he's fixing is that he's not in shape, that he's not strong enough, and he's working on the wrong thing. He's worked on getting stronger, but like that was never the problem. You had power. You just couldn't use it. You couldn't get yourself in a position for your power to make a difference. That was a problem. And that hasn't been fixed. And uh, so I I like Verdejo. I still, I I hope he can get himself right. But I am not positive that that can happen. I mean, switching to Memo Heredia as your strength and conditioning coach, as your big uh, difference maker (laughs) in your career to get back on the right track is literally attacking the wrong cause of your problems. And so we'll see more of the same.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think this this fight is like I'm trying to think of the right way to word this, but it's like very fair. It's very like fair level of opponent. It's reason like there's a cynical way of looking at this that like Felix Verdejo is a failed prospect. The only reason they're putting him on is so Teofimo Lopez can fight him in a main event fight in New York and knock him out. Like you do that fight Both these guys win here. For all the talk of Richard Kome and Lomachenko, much more realistic he'll fight Verdejo. Like, I totally see them doing that in the theater at Madison Square Garden. Could possibly sell out the theater at Madison Square Garden if they promote it right. That would be a great step forward in Lopez's career. Then he can move up to 140, like he talked about. That's the cynical way of looking at it. But, you know, give Verdejo a little bit more credit. You know, it's like the opponent here is about the right level of what you want you know if it were if he were better than brian vasquez it would be reckless and i don't think anyone would have that expectation you'd almost be feeding verdejo to the opponent if you were better than brian vasquez and vasquez is not you know a total can um you know he's a guy who you know goes the distance and wins rounds against ray beltran he's not a great fighter but it's it's fair you know this is in new york i think verdejo is there to sell some tickets at madison square garden i think i and a lot of other people were kind of scratching our heads about why he was even on the card but he's on a level of opponent that he should be able to beat if there's any version of his career still left in front of him and you know again he's probably going to sell some tickets in new york um i'm still pretty you know it's like something we talk about a lot and that relates to some things we talked about already is top rank really is two types of fighters. They developed when you talk about the prospect stage, guys who are future draws, future potentially pay-per-view draws that that's the goal or guys who are, you know, good enough to get to a certain level, but will be beatable by their top level guys. You know, they're basically like raising up food to, to, you know, feed to their top guys. And, I don't know <laughs> which side of this Verdejo fits on at this point. You know, it's like they're putting him in a pretty high-profile fo- slot on this fight card. Is that just they can cash him into someone else? Or are they really giving him a go at his career, you know, to have another chance at his career? Uh, I think they're... I don't him know. I think that remains to be seen.
1: I think they see... They, they're they similar to what PBC did... Uh, Fox did with the Spence Garcia pay-per-view. I think Top Rank's playing the long game of when... Lomachenko looks like he's ready to go that he he and Lopez could be a pay-per-view fight and Lopez could get the win and they have... Well, I was talking
0: about Felix Verdejo
1: oh, saying I don't thing. know which
0: side he fits on as being an opponent or, Oh, he's yeah, an opponent
1: for sure. He's an opponent. So you
0: think, so definitely his role, they're just trying to string him along until they can feed him to someone else.
1: Uh, yeah, that's, and, a, good, that's and, a good call so there with Lopez. The team, Lopez. Okay. Good call there with Lopez. I think it's possible that that's who he gets fed to. Um, but anyway, that's it for this episode. We did an entire preview on the Crawford uh, Con pay-per-view. Um, you can order that on ESPN Plus this weekend, as Tom will be. As uh, I will be figuring out, because I won't be able to watch it live. I will I'm going to
0: be... order it through my cable provider, to be specific. But
1: Well, you can order it through ESPN that's Plus. Really- but if you have a cable provider, I guess the quality is better. Um, I think the quality is always better, like when you get, get it direct from... The 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 you know yeah and usually cable. the stream
0: is like as much as a minute ahead like you know it's, there's the stream like the broadcast yeah the stream yeah. is like a like a minute behind the you know like that came up on the Spence Garcia
1: when which I was annoys to chat me I hate that but what are you gonna do so anyway thanks for listening if you like the podcast leave a rating read a rev- leave a review share it you can always go over to Patreon.com/sundaypuncher um, we have some good content over there that you can also get your hands on well not really you can get your ears on so um um thanks for listening be sure to watch the fight this weekend all the fights um (laughs) it's not one or the other watch the garcia fight watch the con fight eh, watch terrence crawford peace con up uh it's gonna be a lot of fun and so thanks for listening we'll be back next week
0: A month ago, I gave a chick a hundred stacks. Straight in Eman Marcus, young bitch had a heart attack. Oh man!